0: Do you know what today is? Today is Wednesday, and if it is Wednesday, that means it is time for Face It With The Father. I am Minister Kevin D. Jones Sr. here on behalf of my brother from another mother, Larry Bernard Jr., and we are here for Face It With The Father. Face It With The Father is where we take a look at practical life situations through the scope and the lens of the Word of God. Today, we are facing temptation with the Father. Let's go. So today, let's talk about temptation. Uh, Temptation is a real world reality for every person who's striving to follow Christ. Doesn't matter where you are or who you are. If you have a pulse, you're tempted by something. And temptation is that urging and pulling desire that works within us to try to take us away from our walk with God. It is important for you to know that every person faces temptation, that is the preacher, All the way to the back pew and even the people who didn't show up on church Sunday morning. We are all dealing with temptation. But I want you to know that after today, I pray that we'll face temptation with a renewed view. We'll understand it from the prism of our guided talk with the father. That temptation is an intentional attack on the enemy that is seeking to sabotage your walk with God. And if you view temptation with the prism that God would give us to see, it will enable us to see it better. Let's face temptation with the father. To do that, we're going to face temptation with the father from a study of James chapter one. We're looking together at verses 12 through 15. There the Bible reads, blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he himself tempt anyone but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed then when desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death I think the first thing that we need to start off is we need to start off with a question three questions we're gonna ask three questions we're gonna land the first question is so why, why is temptation so successful? Every person that follows the Lord knows in their heart of hearts that we find ourselves entangled in temptation and we want to know what is it about temptation that makes it so successful? Well, temptation operates on a theory that many of you've heard before, and that is FOMO. FOMO is what we refer to as fear of missing out. And the idea of temptation is temptation paints the picture of sin to be so big, so large, and so wonderful that you start to feel in your carnal mind that if I don't take part in this, I'm gonna miss out on something. The first thing that we want to know is that is an obvious lie. And we learn that by simply considering what God has to say about the person who overcomes temptation. In James chapter one, verse number 12, he says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. That's right. He is not less than. He is not shorted. He is not absent. The man who faces temptation and endures it, that man is blessed. When he refers to him as blessed, it's an adjective that means he's characterized by happiness and being highly favored as by divine grace. You know that feeling. It's when you've done the right thing and you get on the other side and you're proud of yourself for doing the right thing. It's what caused Peter, after he was whipped after his first imprisonment, to leave cheering and happy. It's because there's something that causes you to feel really good about doing the right thing. On the flip side, we know that the temptation trick has to be a faulty one because we all know there's a commonality that we all share and That is, once we get involved with temptation, when we get on the other side, the feeling we feel when we allow temptation to win is always a low one. It takes our joy away. It takes our spirit away. So God is true when he says, blessed is the man. Happy is the man. Highly favored is the man who doesn't just face temptation, but he endures temptation. And when he talks about enduring, he means to withstand. He wants you to face and withstand temptation with courage. Well, why would I need to withstand anything? I withstand something because there's opposition. So the temptation success is clear. It leads me to believe that I'm not in trouble when I am in trouble. But if I am in trouble, that means I'm in danger. So I really wanna ask, what makes temptation so dangerous? I understand why a gun is dangerous. I understand why poison is dangerous, but why is temptation so dangerous? The danger in temptation is when we understand who is not involved. You see, there are some times where certain people can be involved with a thing and it makes you to feel good. There's a leader you trust. And if you hear a leader you trust supports a thing, you wanna be involved with that thing because they're in support of it. But if you hear they're against it, it causes you to have some apprehension. I want you to consider who has nothing to do with temptation. Look at verse 13. 13, the Bible says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. That is, you need to know every moment you feel temptation, God has 0% involvement. When you are tempted to lie, tempted to cheat tempted to commit uh, fornication, tempted to be involved with drugs and alcohol, just understand that God says, I have no place in that. He has no residency, no space in that. That's important to know because you have to understand why he's not involved. You see, he's not involved because when we're talking about the concept of what it is to be tempted, the temptation is literally the provocation of sin. That is, the ultimate goal of temptation is to push you to doing something that's wrong. I know that God's not involved with it because God has demonstrated through his son, Jesus Christ, a reality that we saw in the gospel of Matthew that maybe we didn't pay clear attention to. You see in Matthew chapter four, Matthew chapter four and verse number one, there, when we're looking at uh, Jesus at the genesis of his ministry, it starts off with something that is very interesting. We know the story. We know how it plays out. But listen carefully to what happens in Matthew chapter four, verse number one. The Bible says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That is that is for the unique case of Christ. The spirit was in agreement with this standoff between our savior and Satan. And the goal of Satan's heart was to do what he does to us, to tempt him, to cause him to fall. You know the story. 40 days, 40 nights without food, and what does he do? He tempts him with power, he tempts him with food, he tempts him with reverence, he tests him. He does everything he possibly can to cause our Lord and Savior to turn back. But the Lord not only did he never give in to temptation, but he taught us something. If you would take a look in the book in chapter 4, he teaches us that one of the greatest ways to overcome temptation is to study the word of God. Might I suggest to you that one of the greatest assets you have to overcome the temptation you're feeling right now and the unique areas that only you feel temptation is the word of God. But that's not the point I'm getting you to. After Matthew chapter four, when he is tempted, you know, he overcomes that. He is successful. He withstands. He's still sinless. Matthew chapter six, he begins his preaching ministry. And in Matthew, rather Matthew chapter five, he begins his preaching ministry that continues into Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, He's teaching us how to pray. And in Matthew chapter six, around verse number eight, he says, therefore, do not be like them for your heavenly father. Your father knows the things you need before you ask. In this manner, therefore, pray. Listen to how the tempted Jesus taught us, the tempted people, to pray to our father. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But verse number 13 is powerful and do not lead us into temptation. You see, Jesus is our creator. He worked alongside with God and he knows our capabilities. He knows what we can do. He knows what we can't do. It's the reason why you get a specifications list when you purchase your iPhone because the team at Apple tells you this is what the phone can do. And if the phone can't do it, it just can't do it because the creator understands. Well, our creator is God and God knows something about us. God knows that what he endured in that face of temptation, we're not built for it. We need his help. We need him to help us to survive and to sustain ourselves away from temptation. He says, you don't wanna test yourself with temptation. Temptation is something that you ought to pray that God might keep you from. It is important for us to know that the thing that makes temptation so dangerous is that even God says, trust me, I made you and you don't want any part of it. Well, why doesn't God want us to have any part of it? What is this about temptation? What's the reality of temptation? Because I know temptation operates like a Super Bowl beer commercial. You know, when you're watching the Super Bowl and the beer commercial comes on and they paint this party like it's larger than life. Everybody's having the best time. Everybody's in the greatest shape. They're in the most fit, the most beautiful people all gathered together and everybody's just drinking and having a good time. But what no one shares with you is the families broken by alcoholism and they certainly are not sharing with you the DWIs or the, the, the hit and runs by drunk drivers and the incarcerations for Driving while intoxicated. They're not selling you that because there's a reality behind alcohol that you don't see. Well, temptation operates just like that. When we're tempted, we are tempted to do something that we ought not do. And it's appealing to us. And we'll get to that in a moment. But what is the reality of it? Well, listen to verse number 14 as we gather the temptation reality. Verse number 14, James chapter one, the Bible says clearly, but each one is tempted. When he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed, there's a couple of phrases I want you to get here. I want you to get first drawn away, second, own desires and the last, and the most powerful enticed, drawn away, own desires and enticed. to be drawn away. What he's simply telling us there it is to be enticed. It's to be dragged away. That is the goal. The goal of this thing called temptation is actually to separate you from God. Well, we know that this cannot be of God because God's calling in our lives was to bring us together. I wish I had time. I take you over to first Peter, chapter two, verses nine through 12. There the Lord is using Peter to tell us that we matter to him. He's telling us that we're a special people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He's identifying so many great things about us, but the most important thing that he reveals to us is that he summoned us out of darkness into the marvelous light. And we know that God is light and in him is no darkness. That is God with his saving grace and power reached into the abyss where we were and he drew, He pulled us out of that so that we could be with him. So what is God showing? God says he wants us closer, but that's not what temptation Temptation's goal, as we see in verse number 13, is that when you're tempted, you are drawn away. That is, while God's trying to bring you closer, temptation is trying to stake you away. So I know temptation wants to separate me from God. Well, how is temptation separating me from God? This is the most important part because this is the part that challenges us to take care, take off those pseudo halos that we sometimes wear and to be honest with ourselves. We are drawn away, pulled away from God by our our own desires. That is, it's things inside of me that were engrafted into me from the old man that I used to be. Yes, when he washed me, I was reborn. All things became new. I am a new creature in Christ. But the tragic reality is, as long as I am in the flesh, I will always war with the passions of that old man. He's letting me know that the old hooks of the old man are the very things that are going to try to get me. And pull me away from God. But pay close attention to the last phrase. You see, the last thing I shared with you was simply this. He says, each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. The word enticed is is, is powerful here. Uh, It's only found one time in the Bible. And the word enticed is accurately defined as to be baited. That is when you think about temptation, temptation for the child of God operates in the exact same way that modern day fishing works for a fisherman. So the fisherman has a hook and the hook has a very sharp end. And the sharp ends desire is to latch on on the insides of the fish to draw the fish out of his safe environment and to cause for him to be someone's dinner. Well, to get him to do that, what he has to do is he has to cover the hook with a worm and the fish would see the worm and he's enticed by the worm. So he wants the worm. So he comes to get the worm. But when he bites the worm, what he realizes is that it was never what it appeared to be. It was always something designed to take him out of his safety and to rob him of his home. When the Bible tells us that our temptations are used by our own desires to draw us away from God so that we might be baited, it is literally letting us know that the devil's agenda with all temptation is to separate us from God and to do us harm. Why is this important? Because it's what he allows to occur in the end of it all that really ought to be most alarming. Back in James chapter one, verse number 15, as we get ready to wrap up, he says, then when desire has conceived, what desire? Your own desires. When you allow those own desires of yours to conceive, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown brings forth death. Romans chapter six is an important read at this time, and I think it's important for us to hear. Why sin, obviously something we want to avoid, but very important in this narrative that we see the difference. In Romans chapter six and verse number 23, the Bible says for the wages of sin. And we talk about wages. That's the righteous compensation for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. What is that eternal life? That eternal life is the crown of life. That is the home in heaven. That's the eternal glory. That is what I'm striving to get. And the Lord is telling me, blessed is the man who overcomes temptation because he'll actually have access to that. You know, when I really start to think about it, it starts to become clear. Temptation is not FOMO. I mean, temptation is not fear of missing out. Temptation is actually fear Of missing home. We're going to lose our home in heaven because we've become so enticed by things that look good but are really no good for us. And the end result of those things are to take the very thing that the Lord worked so hard for us to have, died on Calvary, and we've been striving towards since our rebirth. We're going to literally surrender such a great gift of eternity to enjoy a momentary pleasure. Let's face temptation with the father. Let's understand that there is something we've got to know. Why is temptation so successful? It's successful because it presents itself like if you don't do this, you're going to miss out. But what's the reality of temptations? You see, the reality is that temptation is dangerous. And why is it dangerous? It's dangerous because God says, I have no part in that. I am the reason why all blessings are in your life and I would never, ever, ever put this in your life. I've been through temptation. I'm teaching you when you pray, pray that you avoid temptation. It's dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Because as he tells us in verse number 14, temptation is the hook with the worm covered that looks like something good. But when you bite on it, it's snatching you away from your home. And literally the birth of that leads us into a state of separation. Lord, is there some good news for it? Well, there certainly is. 1 John 1 and 9 is the reason why I know that God is a good God and why I know that even when we are broken, when we make mistakes, when we fall short, God is still better than good. In 1 John chapter 1, in verse number 8, he talks to us uh, in a wonderful and a very necessary way. He says, listen, if we say that we have no sin, And this sin is the end result of temptation. If you're saying you've never faced temptation and failed to temptation, John is saying you're not being honest. He says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. That's John telling us we've all fallen. We've all missed the mark. We've all messed up. Temptation has gotten us all. Well, preacher, are you saying that we've all lost home because we've fallen victim to temptation? Well, no, I didn't want you to face temptation by yourself. I want you to face temptation with the father. You see, when you face temptation with the father, there's good news. In verse number nine, he says, but if we confess our sins. Yes, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If I simply just own these are my desires. And there's no sense in me denying them. These are things that my carnal flesh wants. But in the spirit that I'm walking in, I'm going to abstain from these things and I'm going to fight against those things because in fighting against those things, I'm victorious. And when I'm victorious, I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm highly favored. And I'm highly favored because I see that with God, it is possible for me to say no. I'm talking to the person that's fallen time and time and time and time again who's actually starting to entertain that there's no way on earth that you can change or break this habit. And I want you to know that you've been facing it by yourself. Face it with the father. Let's pray. Almost righteous and awesome. Heavenly father, King Jesus, I talk to you now on behalf of every person who is struggling in any way, striving to overcome as they face the assaults of the enemy through temptation. Lord, temptation is a reality for us all and it's dangerous for us all. It's a lie to us all. It presents itself like we're missing out on something. And in all truth, we're not missing out on anything at all. It's seeking to harm us and to hurt us. But Lord, here's how good you are. You teaching us that even if it gets the best of us, if we still have life, we still have the opportunity to, to make that right with you. But dear Lord, we pray that you would teach us to pray like you taught us to pray when you were with us. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen.